last Sunday, we were able to uh, go to the jail. And uh, as you guys know that uh, many, many from in here are going over to the jail and we're having service after we have service. So we have multiple services at the jail uh, every Sunday. And um, Royce and the team that's helping him over there have been delivering the word for literally months preparing for this. And uh, he's gone over and personally counseled with everyone uh, who wanted to be baptized. And so we baptized 17 people in the jail on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Sean, uh, who was playing bass today, uh, that was Sean leading worship. That was not his voice that you heard. Uh, those, were, those were my brothers who sound like me uh, in there singing with everything they had. And I thought, man, this is epic. So I just busted out the phone, recorded a little audio. So that's what you were listening to. Um, okay, let's pray. Lord, I pray that you will uh, guide us into truth, lead us, help us to understand your word, your will, your way, your wants, Father. Uh, and let us bring glory to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I get tickled with things that I hear from time to time. Uh, from, from people who agree with me and believe in my God, as well as others who don't. Um, we have just in our culture in general a lot of uh, intellectual inconsistencies. Um, and everyone has trouble dealing with why bad things happen. How can we be so evil? Do you realize that there are people right now who have made an entire business with like bosses, hierarchy, they probably have 401ks just to call you and swindle you out of money. Just to post stuff on Facebook Marketplace and cheat the uneducated out of their money. That's evil. But think about this the next time you go to the airport. There's somebody there scouting for women to steal and sell into sex slavery is one of the largest industries probably in the world. And no one can make sense of why this happens. And so we go to our opinions and we all think we know. <laughs> and, and Christians get it wrong. Maybe it's just those who are claiming Christianity many times get it wrong. Others get it wrong. I remember sitting on a ski lift with a man one time and uh, we were looking back at a mountain and it was a very grand view. And he said, wow, look at what Mother Nature has done. I'm like, who is she? Who is she? She's good. Whoever she is, and that's just, that's just a term. It's not really a person. Don't, 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 don't misquote the man. And I knew what he meant. It was just sort of this, 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 this energy that, exactly, that's a God. Like, who, who is this? Well, there's just 
is just survival of the fittest. And, and I, I get this, and you, you, you know that I've, I've been extremely open with my own struggles with faith for my whole life. But if it's survival of the fittest, why are you so morally outraged that our friend has cancer? Why are we blaming God for something wrong if there's not a right and wrong? There's no one who said this. Why do we go into accusation when, when the weak are sifted through? Isn't that how we believe that we all got here? See, because we find an intrinsic value in everyone. We don't believe that there's just someone who's weak. We don't believe that there's anyone who's less value, valuable. And so we, we don't find solace in this. We don't find gratification in this. And if that's the case, that it's just dog eat dog and we get rid of the weak, then the things that make us morally outraged should make us happy. Because that's natural selection, is it not? But we're not happy with that. It doesn't seem right. And there's a conundrum, and I understand. I can argue both sides, and I believe in God. I believe in God. I am a Christian, and I can argue the atheist side on this. Listen, if you can't argue both sides of a debate, do not join that debate. <laughs> you are going to lose miserably. But there is a moral outrage, and in, in, in as Christians, or, or maybe as someone who grew up in a Christian culture, a lot of times we tend to throw a lot of shade at God for things that happen that we don't understand. The interesting part of that is throughout generations and throughout different cultures, different things make different people mad. Whereas your big hang-up with God is why, can, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? At the same time, there are other cultures who ask, why aren't the bad punished? Why are they allowed to live? And so there are different hang-ups for different cultures. It all gets very complex. And I don't have answers for you today. I have scripture for you today. I have things that God has given us uh, to get through. And maybe some of these scriptures will be helpful to you. I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is a passage that you have probably heard before, uh, quoted at weddings, quoted at funerals. We call this the love chapter. We have sort of one word for love. Others had more. Uh, the Greek language was one of those. The word that we're using for love here is also translated as charity. So some of your Bibles will say charity. Some will say love. It's not really what we're talking about. But... In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'm going to go this whole thing. I, have, I think I have time to do this. 
I want you to follow along with me. If you don't have your Bible, uh, the, the scripture's going to be on the screen. No one expected you to be a Bible scholar today. Nobody expected you to walk in here knowing everything. In fact, we don't, you may not have a Bible. You may not be able to find your Bible. We have those for you in the foyer. Uh, but follow along with me on the screen or on your own Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And, uh, well, let, let me keep going, let me keep going. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. Love is forever, but prophecies will come to an end. Did you think about that? One day when the Lord comes back to get his people, there w- there's no more need to prophesy that the Lord is going to come back and get his people. <laughs> because it's happened. Uh, as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. Knowledge will come to an end? Knowledge is as we know it, for, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. The things that we need to get us through our earthly dwelling body will one day come to an end, and the things that you need now, you will not need in eternity. It's interesting. Now, pay attention to this, because I I, want to bring something out of this, and it's something that is not necessarily what the passage is about. I don't think I'm taking this out of context. I'm taking a principle out of this that is not necessarily, if I gave you a summary of the passage, what the passage is about. But there is a principle here that I want you to find. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. How did we go from talking about love or charity to this? Hang on. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part... But then I will know fully as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This is interesting. He goes from talking about love and then starts talking about being a child. He's making an analogy. He begins, see, he's talking about heavenly things that we cannot understand. We don't understand a world where time doesn't exist. We don't understand a world where we don't need knowledge anymore. We don't understand a world where, uh, you know, E equals MC squared is no longer the governing factor over our lives. But God does. In the same way that when you were a child, your parents would tell you something and you would say, why? And they would say, because I said so. And that, in translation, they were saying, you don't have the capacity to understand why. So just do what I said. Now, if that is the gap between you and your child, how big is the gap between you and God? And I never liked because I said so. And as many of you, I swear I would never tell my children that. And I lied. 
It's just a good way of saying you wouldn't understand. I can't explain it to you on your level. It is too much for you. You don't have the capacity. God is telling us, <laughs> you won't need this one day. How does that work? Listen, <laughs> when I was a child, I spoke as a child. <laughs> but when I was a man, I put childish things behind me. Interestingly enough, verse 13, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. What does it mean, these three remain? It means when you are taken to glory, the things that you will take with you are faith, hope, and love. Those will remain. Interesting, huh? So why? Even, even you, you guys hear, I, I hope that you hear my tone when I talk about non-believers. If you're in here and you're in a non-believer, I want you to understand that I love you and you're my friend whether you ever agree with me or not. It's just, just love is part of our, part of our DNA as a believer. I tend to forget that almost daily, but, but you know, when I'm preaching, I remember. That was a joke. Some of y'all were like, that was, that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> was a joke is what it was. Come on. So, if some things are just too much for me, then what can I know? Aha! This we can talk about. We don't have an answer for everything. I don't pretend to have an answer for everything. But there are some things that we can know. There are some things that can comfort us now. Because we don't understand. Before we talk about these things, I have three or four things just to tell you that we can understand now. I have to start with a definition of the kingdom of heaven. And so I have brought this, and I will do my best. It was really hard to get something that would work, and so I ended up with some very fragile glass. I'm not sure how well this is going to work, but maybe it will help you understand. Okay? So we have the world that you live in, represented in red. Does that look red to y'all? Colorblind. All right. We have the world that you live in, and the Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, of this world. That's like, I don't understand. I thought God made everything. God was in control. But we see Satan in charge. Why? Hold it. Because we don't understand everything. We're not claiming that. I'm just telling you what is, not why it is. Don't understand why God chose to do some of the things the way he chose to do them. But, as I will say again, is that the best way? And that's what we as Christians believe. That whatever, whatever he saw in his infinite wisdom outside of time he deemed the way it needed to be done. Whether I understand it or not. Then you have 
the kingdom of heaven. No, let's, let's call it where God dwells. You have heaven represented in, what does this look like to y'all? Okay, good. Because, you know, like he's the son, right? And so you have where God dwells and you have where man dwells. There are two different kingdoms. One is controlled by the prince of the power of the air and the other is controlled by God. And then you have salvation. What color is that to you guys? Okay, does that look orange to you? Somebody should start a a church and and do everything in orange. (laughs) This is your salvation. This is the kingdom of God where we are still subject to this world but we're also subject to our Father's rule. And we call this the kingdom of God. And so we can still get cancer in the kingdom of God. But we're also in the kingdom of God. Bad things still happen because we're in the kingdom of man. But there's redemption because we're in the kingdom of God. It's a different world in here. And so I I make this statement, the kingdom of heaven is already, but not yet. Because here we are already with God, but we are not yet out of the woods. Okay? And so that is the kingdom of God. Now, let me... I'm just going to leave this up here. This is so awkward. I should have gotten someone to help me with this. The kingdom of heaven is already, but not yet. Now, that's just not, not just my opinion. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 through 21. When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with something observable. No one will say, See here or there, for you see the kingdom of God is in your midst. When have I arrived? Well, you have. The kingdom of God came to you. So, I'm looking for the kingdom of God. Well, I find it in Royce, who takes his week to go counsel men, of which 17 said, yes, I want to be baptized, I want to follow this. Keep praying for them, by the way. You're not out of the woods once you get out of jail, whether you go to a recovery home, halfway house, whatever, because you still have temptation. You've been introduced to the kingdom, but you still have temptation. If temptation weren't tempting, it wouldn't be a temptation. And so that's what life is like here. And that's why you're like, why do I still struggle with this? Because you're still in the kingdom of man. But you want something else because the kingdom of heaven has come to you. It's already, but it's not yet. So where do I look for the kingdom of God? I see it now. You're it. You're like, well, (laughs) if I'm it, somebody goofed. (laughs) Now, hang on, hang on. We're not done yet. The kingdom of heaven 
doesn't have to stay this size. This is only a representative size. Because you're like, man, when I got saved, it, like, look, look, if the kingdom had more like that for me. Yeah, probably. Probably. Sometimes it feels a little smaller, doesn't it? Sometimes you wonder if you haven't just separated in general. Listen to the scripture. Maybe this will be helpful to you. And, and something you've heard, but maybe you'll see it in a different light. <laughs> Get it? Light? Okay. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed that when sown upon the soil is the smallest of all the seeds on the ground. And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all the garden plants produces largest large branches so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. The kingdom of God starts off like a mustard seed. And as we begin to grow it and nourish and read our Bible and have a quiet time and rely on God, it begins to be a bigger part of our lives. It's like a mustard seed. It starts, it starts, man, some of y'all like, I'm telling y'all, for me it was, I don't know. I've told y'all, it was just hard, man, it's hard. I don't understand why God has done some of the things the way that he has done them. And that's why I have so much sympathy and love for my friends who aren't believers. But then I see God do stuff. I'm like, that doesn't make sense, but I can't deny it. Right? And then we start listening to the world. And man, we're just, listen, I'm not saying if you preach and somebody throws you on YouTube that you're necessarily wrong. I'm just saying the ones with the most views are the ones that are given the most positive message, right? And so we don't necessarily expect bad things to happen. And so bad things happen. And meanwhile, the lights never changed. This is interesting. Something else about the kingdom of heaven. Let me see how I phrase this in my notes. Imperfection, arguably, may be necessary in the kingdom of heaven. That's good news for us, right? Qualified, yes! 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 10. Boasting is necessary. It is not profitable but I will move on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Now, again, this is another thing where we have like, we have the sky and we have like our, uh, our, our atmosphere that we talk about and, and uh, you know, we have an ozone layer and we have outer space and we have the universe and the multiverse and then stuff that we just start even making up. Like, we have names for all of these things. But in, in the Bible, you have three levels of heaven. You have where the birds are, level one. You have where the stars are, level two. You have where God is, level three. They're all heaven, the heavens. In the beginning, right? The heavens and the earth. So he says, uh, 
I know a man in Christ who was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago, whether he was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. I know that this man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a human being is not allowed to speak. This must have been quite an experience. I will boast about this person, but not about myself, except for my weakness. Wait, what? Now, how did it make it personal? This is Paul speaking, and most scholars believe, and as you read, it seems like he's admitting here. He's talking about himself. God took him, and he, it was so real to him that he doesn't know whether God took his mind or physically took his body. He doesn't know. Took him to heaven. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I'd be telling the truth. But I will spare you so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me, especially because of the extraordinary revelations. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. God, I want this. And he says, the problem is, you ain't ready for this. You still this. We want to be done with this world, but this world is not done with you. God is not done with you. He wants you to bring the kingdom of God into the kingdom of man. And the thing is, we all want to be good enough to be the light source that comes into people's lives, and you will never be the source of light. You are a lens for that source of light. You are imperfect, and it is through your testimony that you will have compassion for others. I get really tired of people being arrogant towards non-believers. Why? Because I have compassion for that because I struggle with it myself. Guess what I have asked God to take away from me? <laughs> the very thing that makes me compassionate. What have you asked God to take away from you? My guess is the very thing that closed this gap to the point that you are today. That is not my story. I didn't come to Jesus out of hard times, but most of you did. Most of you came to Jesus in your hardest times. Now, I got back on track in my hardest times, but the reality is your testimony takes you to that pivotal moment where you got to the end of yourself and you said, this is not working, insert God. I need the kingdom of heaven. And most of us, that is our testimony. And God says to you, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in weakness. And so you don't want to witness, you don't want to bring the kingdom of God to anybody because you know you still got this in you. But the fact that you have this in you and you can still be this is what qualifies you to tell the story. 
That is what makes you usable, is that you are imperfect. This is what qualifies you to be a priest, is that I know both of these worlds, and I'm still subject. I can still have a car wreck. I can still be heartbroken and still have faith and have somebody that will make it okay. Two places that we don't want to mix and beautifully somewhere is the kingdom of God. One day it will be taken away. We no longer need orange as we have all yellow. We no longer will be subject to the enemy's attacks. We will live with the sun. The sun, S-O-N, and sun, S-U-N. Because in heaven there is no sun, S-U-N. He is the source of light. God has made a space for you. God has allowed hardship. God has allowed temptation. So that you know what it's like so that you have compassion, so that you can be an ambassador. You can't be an ambassador to a place you've never been. It doesn't work that way. And you can't be an ambassador in the place that you're from. You're an ambassador in a new land. And that's what you are. Romans chapter 8, last, last scripture. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. And that's our hope. Some of you have been through hell on earth. Wouldn't trade with you for anything. I don't know if I'm strong enough. That's why I don't have an opinion to bring to you. I just have Scripture. God says, through His servant, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. I hope that you find comfort in that. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For time's sake, I'm going to skip through a few. Uh, and, and go down to 27. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Verse 28. Am I ahead of you back there? We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God who are called according to His purpose. All things work together for good. It didn't say all things are good. Hello? It didn't say all things are good. Likewise, as a believer, we can't say all things are bad. It said all things work together for good. For who? Those who are called. For His glory. 
for his glory. Paul suffered and he said, and I, I, man, I don't know the answer to this. He said, there is a thorn in my flesh. And then he talks about a messenger of Satan. A lot of scholars think that it was his eyesight. He says in some of his letters, I have written this with my own hands. See what large letters I use. And we think that he had very poor eyesight. Maybe that was the thorn in his flesh. Maybe that's what made him rely on God. But he says the thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. Bad eyesight doesn't seem like a messenger of Satan. That seems more like a temptation. I don't know. I don't know what it was. And here's the point. It doesn't matter. If he would have told us what the thorn is, that's what we would be focused on. There's a principle here somewhere that says, my insecurities, my shortcomings are used by the Father. Now, he didn't say he's giving in to him. Because most of you, and I think most men are like, it was lust. It was lust. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But let's say it was. That doesn't mean he was giving in to it. It means why do I have to struggle with it every day? And so he had to rely on God. Because if that was his temptation, and, and, and we could use a, a number of other things, then what do you think Satan was trying to do? Oh, gosh. Paul's in Athens now. Send the ladies. Right? Maybe it was gambling. We're going to casino coupon this dude. I could pick anything. It does not matter. It does not matter. And I think that's probably the reason we don't know what the thorn in his flesh was, what the messenger of Satan was. That's probably why we don't know. It doesn't matter. It's that Satan knows that you are in his space and he's going to try everything. But God is sufficient if you will rely on him. How, how do we go from a mustard seed of faith to more? I'm glad you asked. Because I have four things for you. I'm telling you, if you will, pray and read your Bible. Am I annoying y'all with this yet? Okay. And, and go to church and be the church. The kingdom of heaven, like a mustard seed, will grow into the biggest tree in your garden. And that is where we drill, where we dwell, where bad things still happen, but also where healing still happens. Where prayer requests are answered, and also where prayer requests are denied. Where accidents can still happen, but where provision is made. It is a strange land that we live in, being subject to the futility of our world and being protected by the glory of our God. It is a strange land that does not make sense to non-believers. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to me. But we have a God who comforts us and He has given us gifts to be able to endure this tent, this dwelling, this camping trip that we are on. 
And he gave the gift of prophecy, of tongues, of prayer. He gave all of these things, but we won't need them someday when we live in his kingdom in fullness. Those are only for now. So we won't need them anymore. Why do bad things happen to good people? Dude, I don't know. Two things I do know. One is that most of us could say without our worst times, we wouldn't know the Father. That really doesn't comfort me much when a child is hurt. And number two is abandoning God because something bad has happened is not going to comfort you. And many of you know that story all too well. You can tell me about a time when you were angry with God and so you ran from God, you cursed God, you were angry with God just to come back later and say, abandoning God was worse than whatever happened. There are answers that we just won't have on this side of glory because the gap between us and the Father is too large and quite frankly sometimes an old-fashioned because I said so is about all we get but God says taste and see that I am good so he didn't leave us with a because I said so and you will never know he left us with a mustard seed that you can watch grow and as you taste and see, as you follow the teachings of God, even though you don't understand everything, you begin to see peace. And you begin to be fulfilled. And you begin to slowly answer many of the questions that you don't have. And God has given me a satisfactory answer for every question that I've asked. I said a satisfactory answer. Nothing in fullness. But I didn't get those satisfactory answers until years of squirming. What is there to be done in the meantime? Obey. Try it. Best advice I ever got as a church planner. Do what I tell you to do for a year, and after that, do what you want to do. But try it. Church, God has something for you. And you have questions that you are demanding an answer to. And all I can tell you today is you won't get it. Well, I'll go to somebody. Who, you, you go to somebody who says they have an answer. Do you listen to any debates? How many are one? About none. Because there's always a rebuttal. There's always another, uh, another angle, right? But if you will taste, I believe that you will see that the Lord is good. And that He will sustain you. Corey got cancer. She did not curse God. She leaned on Him. And her faith is stronger. Why does she get cancer? Not one person in here knows. Not one of us. But instead of abandoning, abandoning God, she leaned on him. Her son has a story to tell now.
a story of faith. Her husband has a story to tell now, a story of faith. Corey has a story of faith to tell. Is that what God wanted? But it's what happened. But it's what happened. Worship team, I want you to come up. We have a world that will try to convince you that there is no God. And they are pursuing our children to say that there is no God. And I think that only one side of many things are being taught. So what do you do for your family, for yourself? How can I know? How can I be certain? How can I get to the bottom of this? I have too many unanswered questions. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then I think you'll know all you need to know. I didn't say all you want to know. I said all you need to know. Well, how do I taste? I'm glad you asked. Here's what I want you to do. Pray. Read your Bible. Go to church. And be the church. And these are the steps that we take. I don't care if you've been to seminary. I don't care if this is your first time to be in church in your whole life. Those are the steps that you take for that mustard seed to become the biggest tree in your garden. Lord, we pray that you will be with us, that you will speak to us. God, I pray for any souls that may be angry, even with me right now, just for this message, that you will speak to them. God, that you would help us go into your, your field that you have uh, put us in, Lord, and be ambassadors of your life, Father. God, help us to be more orange. Give us understanding where we can, Lord. I know we can't understand all, but we want everything you'll give us. Comfort those who are hurting in this place. Even now, Father, there's a bitterness among even those who have already trusted you. God, I pray that you will bring us peace, that you will bring us comfort. I want, church, I want you to look at me for just a minute. Man, the Lord sees where you are. He knows where you've been and He was there with you. I know a lot of your stories and I... I wouldn't wish it on my enemy. But the Lord was with you.
I want you to go home. I don't care if you have to go into a field and throw rocks at the sky until God speaks to you. But some of you have been avoiding a conversation with God because you don't want to admit that you've been angry. You go have that conversation. You go speak with God. And Lord, we pray that you will speak back. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Baskets are going to come up. And um, man, tithing and offering is part of the way that we worship. But also, if you have prayer requests, if you have questions, if there's something you just want us to walk with you through, would you put that on the connection card, drop it in the basket and let us know. Or better yet, come up when service is over and we would love to pray with you. Stand and worship, please.